TC and Jake. Hello, folks. It's me, TC Fleming. Uh, I realized that we had not let anyone know outside of the people who are already on the Patreon that we're doing the... I mean, we mentioned it some, but didn't let them know about the official launch of the uh, video Patreon. So that's 10 bucks a month, patreon.com slash it's just banter. Wanted to get that out of the way at the, middle, uh, at the beginning because uh, we got much more things to go to. I knew we wouldn't get back to it. Um, Jake is here with me, but more importantly, uh, we have our friend Jordan Richardson that we, uh, we teased a guest, and here he is. Hi, guys. Hey. Uh, Equal importance, not more importantly. Oh, You've written I think it's for the observer. Importance. He's been on the cover. <laughs> That is the watermark. (laughs) (laughs) That was a big day. That was a big day when I went and picked that up. I feel like you were lying down. I was lying down, still uh, residing in Los Angeles. I wasn't even a Dallas person. Swimsuit? Yeah. uh, Yeah. No, full suit, but in a pool. Hell yeah. Amazing. Hell yeah. Amazing. They had some terrible ideas, (laughs) them being the observer. (laughs) I was like, how about I wear a suit and get in the pool? Uh, I thought all their ideas were good. As an official employment oh, matter. Ch- chicken man wants to keep the chicken money coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, nah, but uh, Jordan has, uh, he's drummed with Ben Harper, Anderson Pock, uh, Ringo Starr, a number of other famous people. He holds a Grammy. Um, but in my mind, uh, I identify him first and foremost as a uh, Tarrant County area street racer in the late 90s. That's it. Um, so that's why I've asked you here. I just have a series of questions about that. Um, Absolutely. If Jake that's why I'm here asks too. anything else, I'm going to shut him down <laughs> because because we're just here to talk. What, to, you know, reel off some specs. What were you working with back then? 92 Integra. Hell yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they changed the body style, I think, 95, 96. So I wanted a new one. But my sister passed me her car when she was graduating. Uh, and uh, I had it for a couple years and then, you know, was driving through Haltom City, your part of the world, Jake, and just saw a place called Rising Sun Motorsports. And I saw <laughs> yellows and purples and greens and all sorts of colors. that Spoilers. Don't, spoilers. Wings, dude. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I was like, sign me up. So uh, <clears throat> by, the, by the end of it, well, not by the end. There's a very sad ending to the story of my, my street racing days. I was more of a show car guy. I like to go fast, but I didn't, you know, I was kind of more of the looks. Pop up hey. at an O'Reilly. That's, that was kind of it. So of. roll by. Yeah. See what's up over there. I did there. an exhaust. Have you ever actually done anything like that? Going to an O'Reilly? I mean... I'm not kidding. I that's what, it, that's what yeah, it was for us. It was, that's what it was. Like at Roofstone 820. There were a couple. That, that particular one is yeah. the only one I've ever kind of parked in and opened my hood. And it would just be like. <laughs> two, not change of, you know, a spark plug yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be like yeah. 200 cars. And it would just off. be yeah. like open front, back, like people rolling through. I was like probably 16, 17 years old. And you're just like, yeah, I don't get any of this. But there's a lot of energy here right now. There was now. a lot of energy. and All a lot of, A lot of. A lot of not great energy. I, I didn't associate so much with some of the people involved because I was kind of a do-gooder. Mm-hmm. But uh, I ended up. I was you kind weren't of a hooked project. on crack then. <laughs> yeah, well, meth. It's Haltem. Yeah. So <laughs> God bless Haltem. I love it. It's a mystical place. Let me but, ask you this. Speaking of that, I was thinking of this the other day. What did you call what people call meth now? Whenever you were like in high school. Because we called it 
Ice. Ice. I was going to say ice or speed. Okay. Speed is something different, but ice, ice, ice. Speed, I I guess I just had a different concept of what speed was, but we just always said ice. Yeah. In fact, there were two girls that I went to high school with. Scarily enough, they were both three years younger than I were that we called the ice queens. (laughs) (laughs) And they were both just constantly smoking ice. Yeah. And then I like, you know, you Constantly. Like uh, 15 years later, and people are like, this is meth. Like, I feel like there's people who think that way about the term alt country. Yeah, sure. Like, no, 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 no. Like, no. I swear, like 15 years ago, we had a different word for this. Well, now it's Americana. Then it Americana. was, right? Then it yeah. was alt country. But I just, I never, I don't know if that was contained to our little, you I, know, one county thing, but I was ice like, ice was. Yeah, no, it was from, bigger than that. Being from Crowley, it was referred so to as ice. So you guys said ice, or at least you're, but you guys were. I had someone yell at me that you I was going to be hooked on ice uh, <laughs> just <laughs> about every day from age 14 to 18. So, yeah. And they used the ice, people people in authority? Yeah, because, I mean, the, the lady was a former cokehead, you know, mm-hmm. so, like, she, she knew all the names, and she wanted you to know that she knew all the names. Little uh, cred. Yeah, so, you know, uh, she'd talk about wet. You guys know about Ooh, wet? Wet. Uh, like LSD like, with a cigarette or uh, PCP drip, with yeah. a cigarette? Dripping joints and embalming fluid? Like Jake. <laughs> you? Nah, bro. Training day. Yeah, oh, yes. Exactly. Right. exactly. Come on. That's yeah. definitely Jake, the most Jake famous. Hoyt. Yeah. 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 Uh, you can't just say Jake. <laughs> well, I would not say <laughs> that about myself, so I feel like it's I just clear. Say there's a lot of Jakes. It's a common name. If you'd said Hoyt, it would have been right there. Um, no, nah, man, I, I, I like how, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't actually want to do the whole podcast on your, uh, street racing, but I do want to hear more we, about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it was kind of a project for me and my dad and I had an Integra. So there's only one way to go, which is drop it, put mm-hmm. 18 inch inkies on it. How, like and, what, uh, what kind of engine sound were you aiming for? Oh, uh, just kind of like ice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's about it. Yeah, like uh, I just wanted to like turn heads of petite girls at the AMC theater on Hewlin. Uh-huh. That's pretty much it. Yeah, and th- that worked a little bit. <laughs> and then I had that my junior senior year, and then I went to TCU. Uh huh. And all I was about the summer before going to TCU was trying to get into a fraternity at TCU because uh-huh. I was just hammered into my head, just listening to like the. Uh, the hypnotic sounds of Pat Green, and I yeah. there's like hidden messages <laughs> where he's telling me bought a couple rush, uh, rush, you like rush. A, vests, like yeah, the fleece vest. Yeah, that would come in the fall months. Yeah, in the summertime, it was like what was happening. Like Vineyard uh, vines, shorts. Uh, 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 you know, a po- polos, polos, yeah. like a very specific color polo. And anyway, I. I remember being invited to like a party by one of the fraternities that summer and I pulled up in my car mm-hmm. and everybody, you know, the record stopped and everybody, everybody kind of looked at the white trash guy that didn't have a Tahoe <laughs> and I definitely like heard smirks, but then they still asked me to be in the fraternity, but it, I just, it was in the back of my head, like, fuck, like I need a forerunner. <laughs> but that's terrible. as fate would turn out my integer was stolen off of the freshman lot at tcu oh, by some no. ice heads yeah and they and it was just kind of torn apart and sold for parts and i walked into like a uh fly-by-night storefront and saw parts of my car in there oh uh, really called a detective yeah seeing and, your uh, wife on a porn site exactly <laughs> it was, uh, i don't think it's I exactly 
well, I got I mean, the car whatever. back, but you can't drive it ever again. You know, it's ru- uh, is ruined. That is so bought a used forerunner. The wife thing <laughs> never for some back. for some. Um, so did did you go and like race? Was were there places that you would uh, a few times? Like where where are we talking? South Hewland. Like were were like there? Cleaver, was it was Cleaver it like an organized Road. thing or just like uh, I'm pulling up to a stoplight and I bet I can smoke? It was guy. kind of that. Okay, there were there were places, but like like I said, I didn't tune my car to be a racer. It was more of just like you know. Just look the AMC. chase I was chasing. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And so the AMC. <laughs> and but yeah, there'd be a prelude next to me <laughs> at a Gotta certain, let them know a certain now time of night. Yeah. Now I hear tragic tales of street racing, and I'm like, that's foolish. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Kids should be more sensible. Think of the mothers. Yeah, think of the mothers. Dude, I think the <laughs> wildest thing is when it's not kids. Oh, yeah. Like, there's absolutely people who have what we or you and maybe like 50% me had at 17 at 35, yeah. 34, 38, 39. Like, Vin Diesel's not playing a 19 year old in those movies. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I, don't think that, I don't think that's stocked by people who worked on it with their dad. I think that's guys who dunk their paycheck <laughs> into. Yeah. And I mean, hey, God bless you, but. Yeah. I have no tolerance for danger anymore. Uh, really, yeah, my, I guess. Big but. fan still. I've, yeah, my my danger is. I guess that was a self danger, but mine has all become just more pointed back at me. It's yeah, a, it's a much more quiet danger. Yeah, what like can I do alone? Russian roulette. To myself. Is that? No. Oh. Near. You know, whatever approach is that. Uh huh. Um. So yeah, you know, I. I I've got a lot of places to go. Uh, I don't. I don't know which one to start. I guess I will start by saying this. Uh, so I um, was looking at a list uh, several years ago. I think New York Magazine put out like uh, you know best podcasts of the last decade, talking about episodes specifically. And um, they said uh, that it was uh, Mark Marin having on Louis C.K. I think it was a two-parter. Uh, was was the best podcast ever made, and I listened to it. And I'm not—I don't like Mark Maron mm-hmm. personally, but uh, I would have to give it to him. I think that was the best podcast uh, made during that period of time. And what really stood out is uh, that it wasn't a regular Maron interview because, like, you know, they knew each other, so it was just right. like, "Hey, you remember whenever we were 20 and we found a computer in the alley and we went and booted it up, <laughs> and a guy had a bunch of like secrets on there." Uh, and then we'd be like, yeah, I do remember, <laughs> you Cloak know, and dagger. um, and, uh, so like just their, their level, like what I learned from that was that, uh, oftentimes the interviewer doesn't know the best stories unless they've been with the person their entire life. Sure. Um, so you and Jake have a lot of history, but I don't know. We know all the best stories. So if any point in this, something like pops in your head and you're like, we're not asking about it. Like you can tell us about the time that uh you know you and DJ Lethal smoked uh you know meth together in the back While of Pamela Anderson's Paris Hilton's record yeah. or something. I do yeah. have lethal stories. <laughs> yeah, we're See, smoking I mean, you meth. Didn't even though. have to spin so don't the wheel. Wait for yeah. spin the wheel once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That and was you. more of a street racing thing and less of a meth thing, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I'll tell the lethal story then. Please, yeah, I, no, any stories, <laughs> just give us of, the story. Like, so I lived in Los Angeles for a long time, and kind of one of the main reasons I decided to move back to Texas. Is, uh, long story short, I was I wasn't involved in a bar fight, but there was a bar fight that happened at a bar I was at, and that was named in a lawsuit by someone who got hurt from it. But I was like, I wasn't privy to it. I was in a different part of the bar. 
but they just cast a wide net and uh, it ended up costing a bunch of money to get out of this fucking lawsuit and just kind of, you know, tore me down a little bit. And I was like, I got to get the fuck out of here a little bit. But, but uh, the night that it happened, it was some fr- friends of mine who kind of got muscled by the bouncer and it, and it bled out into the street. My friends were pushed into a guy who stepped off a curb and snapped his leg. And that's sort of what happened. And, but there was a very, I had come outside by that moment and there was a very, oh fuck moment of where like, you know, something bad, nothing good is going to happen if we stay here. Yeah. Bouncers pushing, you <clears throat> got a guy with a broken leg in the street. Right. A lot of signs saying this isn't your place. That guy was Ryan Adams drummer who got his leg snapped too. No way. Yeah. So there was some drummer <laughs> beef there. Is this what <laughs> California is like in uh, general? It, it's, yeah. Except now there's a curfew. So nothing fucking happens. Oh. It's just now it's just yoga until like 8 p.m. Juice. Juice. (laughs) And uh, so anyway, my my friends and myself were like, we got to get the fuck out of here, sort of. And uh, we were everybody was drunk and we weren't going to drive anyway. But at that moment, um, one of my roommates was a close friend with DJ Lethal. uh, And he had Lior is his name, Lior DeMott. And he had been out with us that night. And at that very moment, we're like, oh, fuck, we got to get out of here. We hear tires screeching, and around the corner comes, like, a modified BMW to bring it back to street racing. Hell, yeah. He pulls up to the curb, kind of opens the door, and it was totally like, get in, you know? Come with me if you want to And then, like, that bar was, you know, a quarter of a mile from the 101, and then... We were in Encino by like in like eight minutes, <laughs> <laughs> rescued by DJ Lethal from a bar fight. That's just yeah. wonderful. Check. Shouldn't we start like before we do too many? Like, sure. Because we've done this before. It was at chat room, so you know. Oh my god! I with Jordan. Yeah. Yeah, I remember it about that well too. It was about. To, I'm it glad because it was can. the chat room. It was like. Yeah, of course, dude. And I had to wait an hour before I did it. So I it cannot just, tell you how many nights I've had at like midnight baby obviously asleep wife asleep where i'm like i'm just gonna go yeah i'm just gonna go by myself i'm gonna pay the 80 dollars round trip i'm just gonna go get four el ninos yeah i'm just gonna go by myself i'm gonna <laughs> hug everyone there i'm gonna be embarrassed about myself about just the fact that i'm here i just i'll tip too much i'll regret it tomorrow i just Fucking miss that place so much, man. Yeah, I miss that place too. I miss I miss it so much. But yeah, we did the uh we did a live show there one time with Machine, with Saroy, with Jorts, and I think he told like pretty much his whole story. So I think we should at least do like at least a couple minute primer on like the a wonder second edition. himself. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I, th- I think so. All right. Like, I mean, I remember like I would say probably seven, eight years ago. I remember you getting the Danny cosign, which for me was like, oh, Danny thinks somebody's cool. He must be awesome. (laughs) Because, you know, I had only 10% uh, less depth than that I have now. But I remember thinking like, okay, somebody from Dallas drummed for uh, for Ben Harper, uh, moved out, moved back, is putting out a solo record. So let's just start with, uh, the start of your music uh, music career, how you end up jumping over the Integra era, ending up at TCU, and then ending up where you did uh, industry wise. Right. Um, basically, just playing in fucking bands, and like was I grew up in Texas around here in Fort Worth, 
and uh, got in a band that had a little bit, you know, more. Okay, but let's start. Let's oh. even wind back further. Go back. When okay. did you start playing music? Uh, when I was three, I guess. Yeah, my dad, Stan, uh, was a drummer in his in his younger days, and he uh, he just kind of like would give me like little drum lessons at night, sort of bedtime, and uh, you know, within a year or so, I was kind of had taken to it on my own, and they left me alone about it, so they didn't push like it wasn't like violin lessons or piano lessons on a little kid and. I just like that's kind of became the only thing I wanted to do. So I would just tape songs off of the radio and just play along on the floor. And then my grandmother gave me my dad's drum kit. And then that just kind of carried through all through school. And uh, I just kind of knew the whole time. I was like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm, it's all I kind I mean, I, it's kind of the thing I'm best at. So I'll just kind of pursue it. Went to TCU, didn't study music, but went to went there on a music scholarship, just knowing the whole time. Got a film degree, kind of, because I wanted to go to Los Angeles and just see what happened. So after college, joined up with a band that was based in Austin. And like I said, they had a little bit of ambition. So we took off to Los Angeles. We get to Los Angeles and we're kind of... Um, broke and and not really doing it the band's falling apart a little bit let me ask let me stop mm-hmm. you right there yeah. so when you get there and it's you and three dudes four other dudes yeah so because i think tc and i are both very interested in just how this works like the the logistics of ambition <laughs> so like <laughs> how are you i assume you're 22 23 yeah 20 yeah 23 24 something you're picking up, up side <clears throat> jobs you're catering it's like a what was the what was the show about catering? Party down, Party down. Yeah. yeah. It was that. It was like everybody Wonderful actors show. actors are band members and uh, uh, working a catering company, sharing a bedroom. You know, like in in Echo Park, kind of before it it uh, got fully you know as expensive as anywhere else in Los Angeles, like two thousand four, and so just not you know just kind of hating life, but just kind of but also loving it, sort of. And like my sister's a trainer and lives in Los Angeles. So she would train us in the band daily for like six days a week. We'd go to a park and work out for two hours. Kind of hilarious. <laughs> like a band boot camp. So got into really good shape, was broke, but would just go to stupid places. Like at the time, like the Roosevelt Hotel had a pool party on Thursday nights and we would just go and just drink and just try to meet girls and then go home and have no money and go and exercise at a park. It sounds pretty, it sounds, it sounds describing it as like, oh yeah, the things that people kind of hate about Los Angeles, and stuff like that. <laughs> but it was fucking great. Uh, yeah, that's not what I'm thinking. I think that sounds delightful. <laughs> it was delightful. And uh, what did your parents think at the time? Oh, they were stoked. They had really? always been, they're incredibly supportive though. I, I have a band or a project called son of Stan and that's, it's kind of an ode to my dad because he is so supportive the whole kind time. Kind of. I mean, it's... I, that's, well, yeah. you know, it is a play on words. So there's that <laughs> element. So the, uh, they're very supportive. And my sister was out there too. So she was, she was supportive of it all. Uh, that band began to fall apart a little bit. And right as that was happening, which resulted in the nastiest sort of band breakup, I got a phone call from a mutual friend 
who on suggestion had told Ben Harper that he knows a cool drummer and a cool bass player. So like got cold called to play with him. So like had no money, was splitting a tiny bedroom and like stringing together $500 a month for rent, which, you know, some places is pretty expensive. But that, I mean, that was like the cheapest you could live in Los Angeles. And it went from that to kind of getting a phone call to immediately entering the studio with Ben Harper. I had never listened to his music. I didn't know any, which made it better because it's like, I listen to your podcast, so I'm nervous being on the podcast. <laughs> I didn't know, I, I thought Ben Harper, I thought Ben Harper might be disabled because he sat down and I had never paid attention <laughs> <laughs> to the fact that he played lap steel. I didn't even know that about him <laughs> before I joined his band. Praying for you, big guy. <laughs> because again, you didn't stick in the fret. Yeah, you know, that's no, a big... it was more like it was Lambda Kai. So it was, you know, a little more like... They called us Ram to Guy. We listened to techno and you know. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, you know, I don't know. I, I have no, no problem whatsoever with his music. I don't have a strong opinion either way. Um, but uh, he, he is an absolute rehab legend. Uh, you know, pe- people in my rehab, and I would assume every rehab across the country. I've, th- I was with him for four or five years. We joined up. He Did was- you play any rehabs? <laughs> I mean, we played some, we played some like seaside, very nice places and David Arquette was there. So that seems like rehab. Yeah. 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 David Arquette. (laughs) Yeah. So he's gotten sober on the shores of Malibu many times. Riding a horse. There were things that felt, (laughs) that felt like that. Um, I, I like, I think that was within the first two or three CDs that I bought after getting out. Cause just everyone there was like. You got to hear it, man. <laughs> he really is known, like, was incredible about playing with him. There's so many things, but he's, he's you know, does pretty well in the United States and had a successful time playing with him in the States. But he's a real superstar in very romantic parts of the world. So France, buy that. Spain, Brazil is where he is a god. So that's where we went most of the time. And he's also kind of, you know, into the into the surfing scene. So it'd be that or Australia or co- coastal places. So it was the most, most incredible, you know, experience. It was way better than getting a call from, uh, Everclear or something. I mean, that's, they're cool, I guess, but <laughs> I, I, I disagree. I'd much rather. So you get Everclear. the call, uh, you're at the studio. He's there. Meet I'm him. just so interested in what like that vetting process is like. Does it take a day? Does it take a week? It was how much conversation about not music stuff is there? Like, there was very little conversation to begin with. He and he, which is super cool about him, he's a trusting guy. So he, on on advice of a friend, was looking to do something different than the band he was with. And so rather which than was like what? by the way, the it, innocent criminals. Okay, I knew that. Yeah, yeah. Now that trips so the synapse. That um, that in and of itself, with he, he has to know a you know hundreds of musicians in Los Angeles. He's from there that he could call to start a new project. But it was a guy who joined the band named Jason, um, was who was already buddies with Ben. Was like, I know a great rhythm section. They're these young guys, and they're just it, me and the ba- Jesse, the bass player. Were he was the guy I was sharing the bedroom with, and so we went to the studio and met him. And it was at the boat, which belonged to the Dust Brothers at the time. Hell yeah. Whoa. Incredible studio. And it had used to be a Scientology 
one of their many properties around LA. I love everything it was a, about it. And it was a building that was built to look like a boat in Silver Lake. Uh, you know, no to, fucking way. To honor yeah, the Sea Admiral. Org, dude. Yeah. And um kind of kind of <laughs> met him. I have those stories, but I don't want to tell them. Uh, well, not allowed they're, to. they're dangerous to tell. We're really not worried about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, I think we've, we've... I'll come back to the Scientology story. It's been a while, but Jake has directly challenged them on these same airwaves. And I'll do it again. Yeah, I'll do it with you tonight, too. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Okay. Just, just be warned. If I'm murdered, there's very few people I would rather be murdered in conjunction with. Uh, they don't kill you, they kill your dog, which I think you are on the verge of anyways. <laughs> Yeah, you've seen some stuff over the past. Everyone's few weeks. seen some stuff. <laughs> yeah, I guess those are the main video comments. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't check. Those. I hear you yelling at the dog. <laughs> so yeah, meet him. There was very little conversation. We just kind of like got around instruments, and that was sort of his form of communication, and just started jamming. <laughs> and uh, the jam turned into like three songs on one of his records. We hung afterwards, drink. Really nice tequila, smoked really nice weed, you know, just small, eh, small talk, but got into it a little bit enough to be like, if I ever saw him again at a grocery store or something, it would be cool. Because at that time we hadn't joined his band. We had just been invited to record with him. Right. So go back to the band I'm playing with and it only gets worse and worse and worse. And that at this time is when we had moved into the house that the Lonely Island guys and danger mouse had just moved out of amazing which was a sort of like incubator kind of house because prior to them jodeci lived there wow and jodeci All broke the and then some there was some in between and then like and if danger it was just mouse, the neighborhood that'd be it's crazy like, yeah it's before the, the tiktok house. the tiktok house yeah, yeah it was before yeah. the tiktok house <laughs> so in danger mouse the bedroom i had is where danger mouse made you know, the gray album and in the other bedrooms Just and the little stunning. studios where they made dick in a box and like all this stuff was popping off right before we moved in with this band. And we're like, we're going to do it. We're going to, it's going to be great. We had a couple bipolar members of that band and that band fell apart uh, right as we were being asked to join Ben Harper, me in that rhythm section, which is about a year later. He cold calls us. It was like, I am going to start a new band. Would you guys like to do a it? Year. We had such a good time. It might have been more than a year, actually. We had Dang, such a good time man. that night. It was so magical. Our one night together. And I mean, are you thinking about this at like I think of for me, I just I, I don't know that it would ever like I would think about doing it all the time, but I would not be like, surely Ben's going to invite me into the band. I had no idea. Yeah. Had no idea. We just thought we got to play on his record, and that was an incredible yeah, experience yeah. or awesome. whatever. Yeah. This guy I didn't really know, but I'd heard of. And then it was, and then it goes <laughs> not, he's not an invalid, not disabled, <laughs> fully other, abled. otherly able. <laughs> and so we again got a call. I, and it was, we were great scapegoats for this band to break up and fall apart. It was really nasty, like divorcing five guys. We had been together like five years. So it was like an intense band breakup, which are like, it was more intense than any, pretty much any relationship I've ever had, you know? Cause we had moved out there together. And so we were the easy scapegoat, but we were the only guys that had direction at the same time. The other guys were, they're not listening either, but they're the kind of guys who I would get an email from and I haven't talked to them in years and be like, I had direction. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know my path. Yeah. They're not. Um, uh, now they go by the chain smokers, Jake. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shouts to them. Great live show. Is it? 
It is a great live show. I, I, mean, can, I enjoyed the, it quite a bit. The lights and the yeah, the I lights. Mean, there was other, you know, but still, mm-hmm. I, 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 I still think even without all that, it was just. Now I will say, I think they need a forty-five minute cap on their shows. I don't know. I could have done much more. I felt like by about. Most, 65 minutes, I was like, contracts all right, are you know what? 75 to 85 minutes is like headliner. Yeah, that's yeah. where your contract and is there. It just seemed like I was, for a number of reasons, I was just like, I'm I'm pretty much over it, You were watching right the chain now. smokers. Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> might have been it. <laughs> a number of reasons mean you were coming down? No. <laughs> I really don't. I really think, like, regardless, like, they just didn't have, like, a second pitch. They'd, but the first they'd pitch They'd run was out of uh, f- fuel for their fire machine. Yeah, and, you know, it just... I was there for the fire machine, dude. That fire machine's awesome. Now, we'll say this. Like, pyro stuff... Yeah, but like Pretty you close. know, it's, it's more advanced pyro stuff that like it's it's the cutting edge of pyro stuff. I'll say this: it is. yeah, I can I imagine saw an hour huge. and twenty of Major Laser never got tired of that. Yeah, that's that's a good. I time. feel like they were like musicians who yeah, they just are. happened to have computers. I think they are, and that's it, like a dip, it seemed different. A but dip smokers is more like uh, professional paintballers who play music. <laughs> 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 I read a Chainsmokers interview where they said, we don't really like doing music that much. I buy that. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I really did. But so. I, I, I kind of like that about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I got no problem with that. Yeah, That's not why I dislike them. They're I guess. there to have a good time. <laughs> there are a lot of other. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also there to have a good time. Sort of like Pete Incavilia. He probably didn't like playing baseball. Clearly. He just was like <laughs> yeah. one of those kind of guys. So they hit you up. How quick to your... Is it studio first? Is it tour first? It was three days in the studio, and then we left. This is October 2008, leading up to the election. Three days in the studio with Ben, and he says, I think we've got six songs. We can play like a Zeppelin song and like a something song. Because it was that. He wanted to make like a four-piece rock, you know, like 70s style rock band, like a Zeppelin thing. And he had done a lot of acoustic stuff prior to that, and um, sitting down, and sitting down, yeah, sit down music yeah. for French people. <laughs> and uh, so, three days after reconvening with him, it was time to go on tour with the Beastie Boys, Tenacious D, and Crosby, Stills, and Nash for a Rock the Vote. For like, we played six shows in minor league hockey arenas in swing states. Good, it was God. fucking incredible. Yeah. Wisconsin. Sham, champagne, champlain, probably yeah. both. <laughs> no, no. Uh, uh, Kent, Ohio, um, just places like that. It's just real, like Rust Belt, blue collar places. And uh, the Beastie Boys at the time were performing with four Beastie Boys instead of three. Well, three and and Mixed Master Mike, but the fourth Beastie Boy for these six shows was Ben Stiller. Oh, wow! Did not know that. Yeah. So I had gone from like literally two weeks prior to like wanting to kill myself because I felt responsible for breaking up a band, which is just a a me thing, a guilt thing, to like, who gives a fuck? I'm I'm sitting on the riser on stage during a Beastie Boys performance, and that kind of stuff happened. Got to know them. They were like with Ben Stiller, and the Beastie Boys were like. By the third day of one, MCA wanted to meet Jesse, our bass player, and Jesse was too scared. It's fucking MCA. Yeah. 
of his, you know, it's like a hero. Yeah. And he's too nervous to do it. And by the third day, their manager came in and said, hey, Jesse Adam or MCA, I don't know how I referred to him, is, is hurt. You know, he's like sad he, that you haven't met him yet. <laughs> and he's like, okay. I don't want to so make he, him sad. So he worked up enough courage and it, they were, they were extremely warm and that, that was incredible. That was kind of pretty close to, you know, them shutting down before he got cancer. And, yeah. And, like, so that was, that was, like, the first experience. And David uh, Crosby came into our dressing room after our first show with Ben and was, like, swear to God, said, far out. <laughs> like, David Crosby <laughs> said far out to me. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, no, I uh, it was 2009, I'm pretty sure, that uh, – I, I went to ACL that year for the first time, and uh, Beastie Boys were uh, were supposed to play, but canceled because of the illness. Right. So that would have been a year later. Right. So yeah, we were talking. Uh, very, I think we very played close. it that year. It was that year, or the following year that we played it. ACL. Uh huh. It was. I I believe whichever year Pearl Jam played because we were yes. on tour with them. Yeah. It was that, that was, year. I that was that was why I was there. Yeah. The magical oh, night. Yeah. Uh, meant a lot to me. Yeah. I mean, I, the whole time I was in rehab, like that was definitely my favorite band going in. Then you can't listen to music, so like it's just you can't listen to music. Uh, you could listen to like the oldie station. So like I have a deep appreciation for certain hits of the uh, '60s and '70s. Is it all part of the mentality that like rock and roll ruins? Yeah, and I mean they were much you know, more scared of rap music, right? Uh, but just anything that like uh, you enjoyed in the past. Like, they were of the mind that every single part of you b before they got their hands on you was terrible. Shit it. And all of it is the reason why you're here. So, like, let's not have any kind of, you know, crossover. Um, but, yeah, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, I was obsessed with Pearl Jam the entire time I was in there. And the whole time it was just like, got to see a show. There was a the time they played in Houston. I, somehow I knew that they were playing and, like, the rehab was by Houston. And uh, like I knew that night, like I, I I was definitely not allowed to talk about it, but broke some rules to like uh, get with the boys and be like the right down the road, Cynthia Woods Mitchell Pavilion's <laughs> Make right a there. It's like a, um, and then uh, they they stopped. Like, I, by I think the way, they, it's not right there. Uh, it's forty five minutes, you know, by drive. Yeah, we we could hitchhike. <laughs> okay, I was did gonna you, say, uh, did you hitchhike to the you've Pearl Jam concert? You've taken me to your place, and I've been to Cynthia Woods twice. Is it a Richard Linklater movie? You're just like in rehab hitchhiking to a rock show. <laughs> no, you could not leave <laughs> under no circumstance. Uh, I did not come close to that show. Oh, uh, I thought you really made it happen. No, 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 no. They would have shot him. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just, you know, like, uh, For, like cried I'm not quietly in my bunk, barely kidding, yeah. knowing that uh, they're playing Yellow Lead better. And if 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 they would just uh, roll down the window here, maybe yeah. I could hear it. Right, the wind was um, blowing the right way. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but yeah, then once I think that that was like one of the last shows that they played. I I, I think primarily because of like uh, the feud with Bush. Uh, oh, yeah. In, in right. Texas, I mean, right. not, not period, no, but they didn't play in, from the time that I got out in 2005, uh, the first show they played in Texas after that was ACL That ACL, I remember that being a big deal. And so, ben, yeah. ben kind of was on the same, in the same boat. Yeah. He, he's not as rich as them, so he probably did come to Texas. He needed to at some point. And, uh, but we were fit, around that time, like Obama's first, or when he was uh, being elected 2008 we were like the dixie chicks were around a lot pearl jam was around a lot so there was a very like there's this very anti-bush thing that was 
incredible and cool, but super interesting being from here. And like back in 99, you know, like me, I wasn't advanced. I was going to TCU listening to Pat Green. I was like, well, I've come a long way in 10 He's years. He's a great leader. And listening, yeah, yeah. You know, I was he like, unifi- the first pick. considering going to SMU, you know, to to hear his rally the night before the 2000 election. Oh, boy, but, um, but you know, it's just because I like the Rangers. I was like, he's probably going to be a, a yeah. great businessman. Uh, so I, I had literally no opinion in, the, uh, in 2000. Yeah, yeah. Boy, it was, yeah. It was, I was just becoming. I wish I could say the same. I was just becoming into that. I didn't. I didn't wake up, you know, for a couple years. Into yeah, again, it was for, the it was the uh, Iraq War when I was like. Okay, I've just been taking cues from like my parents and my family about politics. Throughout the 2000 election, like the Florida recount, I several times would have to go to people and be like, "All right, so which one? What what are their names again?" Just <laughs> So that's what's kind of weird to me about your situation is you're a few years older than I am and you grew up in what I would imagine to be like a much more cultured environment than I did. But I fell so fucking hard into like punk and drublick. Yeah, I was. And too, I was I just was, like, dude. I mean, whatever these guys say is right. right. I mean, that this must be right. right. So I, I that's where you end up with a Bush Hitler T shirt right. when you're 16. Or you're I like, was in. I those? think they were right. For the yeah, they were right. Well, whether they were or not, I mean, I came from you know Brooks and Dunn, and you came from some of that. But I would imagine a much cooler if your dad's giving you drum lessons. Yeah, there three, was like, there was like a. Um, well, it's not. He wasn't giving me politics lessons. You know, there was his opinions weren't necessarily that advanced. I just they, think my, my parents' music opinions, yeah, were extremely basic. Sure, and that's and I was cool into at like, some point. You but. know, like propaganda in high school and AR the anti racism. I uh, heard that in the ARA and uh, like I was in a ska band. So, but like into like the 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 um, fuck Moon Records, which out of Brooklyn, which is a bunch of like it's like glue huffing like you know like kind of skins and like that kind of stuff i was way into it but i also was wasn't taking the right cues and still like dating people who went to all saints and like just (laughs) being like a senior in the late 90s and wanting to go to tcu so like i wasn't aligning i wasn't figuring it out and i think i was take like i said taking my cues like i have a political family and military family and i was just kind of listening that bush was the dude but it was kind of like I mean, when like I, I had like I listened to a lot of rage then uh, into like you know it, I had more opinions about like uh, the Armenian genocide than I did about the presidential race. Like I I did not understand <laughs> how the like the uh, issues that rage was raising <laughs> listening to System to. of a Down. That's, That's yeah yeah, yeah they're they're the Armenian genocide one mm-hmm. definitely. But uh, you know I, I had a lot of opinions about uh, the Zapatista Liberational Army, but like did not understand. <laughs> and wish uh, Bush or Gore was on the side of the yeah. uh, of yeah. uh, Subcommandant Marco, right? Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. let's Bush's t- father had something to do more to do. Well, that's all yeah, that's we true. just learned that. That's true. I heard that yesterday. Briefly, back to timeline. How long do you tour with Ben and record with Ben? Two thousand eight to two thousand twelve. Okay, and what is your life like during that time? <clears throat> Still in, in L.A. Insanity in Los Angeles, constantly touring. Um, spending time living a little bit in France and stay, sticking around and spending a little bit of time living in Brazil, like after tours. I know, man. It's, it's you like, just say I, that I, so, when I, so flippantly, like it's like, oh yeah, that's just when I quit there. Ben. I was like, I did. I haven't peaked. 
But now looking back, like, I fucking lived in Brazil <laughs> and France. But no, I, 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 can we stop here and zoom in? I, I want to know like specifics. Like you say, like you get done with a tour and you're like, I'm just going to stay in France. How mechanically do you do that? I just tell like, the tour manager, like, find me a place. Just give me a different. Yeah. Or it was like the girl I had met like there and was like come and you stay with me sort of thing and whatever various accents <laughs> yeah yeah and so i made that choice to do that and we'd Hell stick yeah. around for another few weeks before we'd have to go tour somewhere so sometimes yeah. i would just just kind of wing it and it's it's fucking crazy like it's the only time I, I i look at it almost like observationally like looking back at myself because it was like coinciding with the experience was the money. And when the money is happening, it's like you don't think twice about the decisions you have to make because it doesn't matter because you can afford to do it. So it was like very, um, just, it was very easy to be like, yeah, fuck it. I'll just stay in Florinopolis, Brazil and DJ. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. You know, why not? Someone's got to do it. I have a lot of Italian disco on my laptop. I can just fucking do this. Yeah. And so just do. And uh, the girl I was with in Brazil for a period of time, her name was Anna Christina Schweitzer. And so I was like, I wonder who your, who your grandparents are. <laughs> so I'm in Brazil. <laughs> and, and I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's not her. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out. To Anna, <laughs> yeah. she's listening. Uh, you ever seen the boys in Brazil? That's a fun. That's a fun movie. I haven't. Uh, the boys are Hitler. <laughs> uh, it's it's about uh, cloning Hitler. The like the Whoa. Nazis had a big idea that they were gonna uh, bring him back. The History Christina. Channel tells me that's where he went. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that's where he went, uh, but there's enough rumors about it that uh, they made this movie, and uh, it's a good movie. I like it. City of God's a good movie. That is City a, of God that is, is a great movie. movie. But it definitely That's made Sao me Paulo, terrified right? to ever, yeah. Flying Sao into Sao Paulo, like yeah. 360 degrees of like sky-high buildings. It's the largest city I've ever seen in my life. And I, oh, I think it's usually up there being one of the largest, but like it's sprawl. It was like, you know... The, the land size of Fort Worth, like 30 miles in either direction, but it was all like apartment buildings. It was insane. And um, what are your uh, top world cities? A lot of places in Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> Brazil's up there. Uh, Paris, obvious. I mean, the ones that everybody, I like Verona, okay. Italy. Okay. Hello, yeah. Uh, yeah. I knew you got uh, something. Yeah. Yeah. There's some deeper cuts. <laughs> Perth, Australia, okay, is fucking incredible. What's um, good about Perth? Melbourne? Perth is like far away from everything else, and it's already being in Australia. It's already far away from everything else, so I think it has it has like a really like small town feel, but it's still kind of a biggish city, you know. And it's really Australian. <clears throat> it's easy to relate to people in Australia. I don't know, they're like Texans that surf or something, just like yeah. very laid back. And Melbourne is incredible, too. Um, we played in Morocco, and we played in Fez, Morocco. You've been to Morocco, You've been to Morocco? I have, yeah. That was a fucking trip. Have yeah. you, did you spend a lot of time there? So we did Marrakesh and went to the, I can't remember what they call it. I guess like half their city is basically, I mean, souk is just the term for like the closed air like market, uh -huh. but like half the city in Marrakesh is like that. Like okay, it's thatched, right. 
Yeah. And it's closed and the streets are tight and there you can't see the sky save for like small little pockets. And then the other half is like open and has cars and whatever. Mm-hmm. But the half of Marrakesh that's not, I mean, it's <laughs> dirt. Yeah. It's dirt roads. I mean, yeah. you can buy like, I mean, there's electricity, which I don't really understand because everything is dirt. Right. But then from there, we did like a, man, it was probably like five, six hour drive south to the desert. Uh-huh. So we didn't really stop anywhere else there. Yeah, so I haven't been to Fez. Much. I haven't been to um, Casablanca. Or we only sort of did Fez. Casablanca, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's there, right? Is that that's Morocco? I guess right? that's like Algeria. really the only two like large, right? Um, but it was amazing though, man. Yeah, like, it was you know, and and I think like that's an extremely white or American, if you will, thing to say because it's like oh, I'm. Barely dipping my yeah, toe into right. like whatever the you know Arab world has to right, offer. It's right. extremely European in a lot of parts. Yeah, but it's it's it still had cool. a lot of the rules right. No women in coffee shops and and oh yeah least, for right. sure. Yeah, like where those. we were staying, they didn't you know there were there was basically no coffee. Mm-hmm. Like not just no women in coffee shops. Like several areas had no coffee. There's no booze. There's no obviously certain types of meat. <laughs> In large parts of it, you hear the bells. Yeah, however many times a day. Right. Um, but it was still really cool. I mean, I, I would love to go back and and see more of it. But yeah, I I don't know. I mean, it's it's a tr- it's a trip and a half for sure. <laughs> like, it's definitely the the like the oldest place I feel like I ever went for sure. You know, and it and it feels that way. But we had, you know, being with like. Ben would always find himself like in these situations. It was like the first Western artist to play this sacred music festival. So it was in like a 2000 year old mosque that we played and like girls got up to dance and it was very like everyone look, you know, like it was like a, like footloose, you know, there was like this, like, and he would, he would always kind of like bring that energy and stuff like that. The rehab energy. Hell yeah. And, uh, but we stayed like in a palace that had belonged to like the minister of finance in the 19th century. It was where like U2 made some stupid record when they made their Morocco record or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, but there were like, you know, a staff of a staff, you know, waiting on you and like meals in the courtyard and like just this shit's just kind of exploding my brain. Cause it all like was like nonstop when we joined with him. And, um, this, it's, it just, uh, you know, the, we would get into situations where we were like, we would get back home and then we'd be like, fuck this, we got to go somewhere or stay somewhere else. Cause you get back home and you're just like, just kind of sitting there, living there, you know, and it's like, wow, we were just fucking doing this thing with these people or whatever. That's the wildest part. I think that's probably why people get like super fucked up, do heroin yeah. and stuff like that, just because of that, the, the, the polarity of the extremes of, the experiences you're having and then the just sitting around waiting to do it again. But it was so new. It was so new the entire time that, um, there was, Oh, there's someone I was going to say, if it's okay to tell a story, you're like interject yeah. with the story. Yeah, yeah. When you said Pearl Jam earlier, please. And <clears throat> so the, the, the pandemic that Obama blew the, mm-hmm. the swine flu one, H1N1. Right? Yeah. yeah. The height of that, um, 
I had it. We were on tour with Pearl Jam at the time, and we played like a couple nights in Los Angeles where we lived. So we could, and that was at the Universal Amphitheater, Gibson Amphitheater at Universal Studios, and I lived just down the street. So we could, like drive ourselves to these shows four nights in a row there. It was incredible. And then that's awesome. The fifth night was in San Diego, like U, USD's basketball arena or something like that. And there was a bus or, or like a minivan or something that was going to carry the band. But I was going to stay in San Diego, so I drove myself. So I was arriving arriving a little bit at a different time. And I had just been diagnosed with the swine flu. But I was like, fuck it, I feel fine. I can play, whatever. But um, they wanted to uh, – Ben's wife, Laura – Dern at the time was bringing the children. <laughs> Laura. LD. You know. Who my sister Jurassic was. Uh, that's another, my sister was her assistant while they were going By way her. of you? Yeah, it was a big family affair. So Paying she was. back for the free yoga. Yeah. Right. Park <laughs> yoga. Yeah. yeah. So there was a time when they were going through a divorce where I feel like me and my sister knew more about the inner workings of Laura Dern and Ben Harper's relationship than anyone else on the earth possibly. So That's we were crazy. and they're you know, like their therapists. Uh, anytime you want to do that podcast, let me know. It could be a two-parter. I could do that. <laughs> um, so I decided to drive myself to San Diego for this show. And, but Laura expressed some concern because I had, you know, it wasn't, it, you know, it wasn't even like now where it would be like the shows would be, there wouldn't, well, there's no shows, but it was, it was yeah. still like, okay, I'm still going to play, but just give him his own dressing room sort of thing. Yeah. So there was like a, a specific protocol I was supposed to follow to enter through the right entrance to kind of be separate, separate from Pearl Jam, separate from the families, separate from the friends. So I was told to go to this certain entrance. But when I get there, I, give him, I show my lanyard and I come in. I go down to the parking garage below the, the arena, and I don't know where the fuck I am. So I'm just kind of – I just start walking in a direction – and it's leading up to the arena, and I see a door, and I'm like, I'll just go in this door. It's not the one they told me to go through, but it's the one I'm going to go through. So I'm hacking, I'm coughing. I feel terrible. Uh, but I was like, I can get enough adrenaline to get into the show. So I, I open up this door just thinking I'm going to be able to find my way and no big deal. But when I open the door, there's like a long hallway, and I, I open the door, and on this wall to my right is Eddie Vetter. Ed. Ed. <laughs> Holy shit. And standing Edward. across from Ed is Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like shooting the shit. And Ed is like, Jordan, what's up? We've been on tour for a while now. So he knew who I was. And I and he was like, meet my friend Aaron or whatever. And they both kind of stick their hand out to shake my hand. Oh, and like terrifying. I was supposed to fucking enter the arena like in a secluded entrance yeah. way. But I ended up just possibly giving Eddie Vedder and Aaron Rodgers the swine flu. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, and then, then I just played it off. And then you run to Bovada. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't know. I, I, I would love to, uh, to hear as much about Pearl Jam as, uh, as you would like to tell. I mean, you know, the musical act, Ben Harper, most associated with them. Correct. Like, he well, plays I think with we them toured with them like three the times. Time. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like it's about half the time uh, the encore includes Ben Harper. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't know. We, You once mentioned uh, sitting on flights with Matt Cameron. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know if you have any recollections they, of what those conversations were like. I was telling him about my other band the entire time. 
<laughs> me and Sam and Steve, you, Sam Anderson and Steve Stewart, you guys know them. We had had this band called Epic Ruins that I was like, I was coming back to Fort Worth and making this record while being on tour. And I was like excited about that. And I was like, yeah, 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 Ben Harper, whatever. whatever. And he gets it. But he That's totally got it. He got of, it so, uh, side projects. He got it so much that he invited us to open for the Soundgarden reunion. Oh, but shit. But that ended up getting postponed. Yeah. So this other band, me and Steve and Sam's other band that we were doing in Fort Worth, was going to get a chance that was like our, you know, the could have yeah. been, yeah. what could have been kind of thing happened. But. They Pearl Jam invited us to fly with them on their plane when we would tour with them, especially in other countries. That's so awesome. So I just would sit next to Matt Cameron and get Good Soundgarden God. stories and, yeah. and, and and that sort of thing. I was is, uh, after you told those, me that I was I was doing a ranking in my head of the people I would most like to sit to it and sit next to on the Pearl Jam plane. I think that Matt's the top one. I think you'd be the best one to talk to. They're all. So I was gonna say they're all like incredibly normal dudes. Yeah. Like not even for being famous. There's not even that caveat. Like they're just like, hey, how's it going? You know, and it's awesome. not even like it's there's no like weird bullshit or anything, even with with Eddie Vedder. And I was experiencing more of that in the camp I was with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Than I was with them. And I was like, this is laid back and cool. So it was, I, had a, I had a friend who toured with uh, Maroon 5 once and Adam Levine uh, referred to him as the help at one point. Oh, man. Like as in uh, telling their guitarists, don't fraternize with the help. I saw a guy laying on a couch ask my African-American drum tech to get him a Diet Coke as he walked by him one time. Oh, no. Hey, could you get me a Diet Coke? And Simeon was his name. He's from, he's from uh, uh, well, various parts of, he's lived in Compton, lived in like various parts of South Los Angeles. And uh, he just was like, you know, just basically told him to fuck off and and told him no. <laughs> yeah. But I saw, yeah, I saw, I would see some things like that. From what do time drum techs do? What do they do? <laughs> yeah, I've always would like more information about the the various. Make it so that like tour. I don't have to do much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just like basically walk arrive. But I was this shit was so new to me that like I would go to the festivals early. I was like tighter with the crew than people in the band because like people would just it's cool. Some days you just want to sit in the hotel till it's time to play. But I have a lot of nervous energy and like even like playing clubs, I want to, you know, it's like a seven PM load for an eleven o'clock show. I was like super used to that. And I'd want to see other bands at festivals. Sure. So I'd get a van to take me early and hang with the crew. So I'd end up like adjusting my own drums and stuff like that. But drum techs set up your drums and tune them and take them down. The setup and takedown part, you know, I happily let them do that. Yeah. Uh, what's, you know, festivals. Uh, sounds awesome. <laughs> like what, what? What was that like? Once I started playing festivals... I, there's no way I could like it killed the idea of ever going and standing in a hot field ever again. <laughs> yeah. Even yeah. though I would do it because I wanted to do the Mon Montana, Wyoming. Is that where you guys Montana, went? Montana. Montana. Yeah. I wanted to do that. That's I wanted to do Hang Jones out. before Dwight Yoakam. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did, was he calling people to help? Uh, he he might have, but it must have been after I met him. Um, he was confused but open to taking a photo, but. I think Steve had it a little more together than the other guy in the photo. Me? Yeah. Oh, no. That was actually not like one of my worst days. And uh, if you uh, are forgetting, 
uh, he walked up to the entrance. Okay. See, I knew someone was. I thought it was you. It was okay. not me. Yeah. He had, I don't know, a third of a fifth left and just like smoked the whole thing. And they were like. No questions about where the remaining two thirds had went? Uh, it wasn't to me, if that's your question. No, like, I'm could, saying like if he's walking around. I assumed third. it was the ride over because, you know, that's yeah. one thing about the, the setup in Montana. There's one road in, one road right. out. So when we got done every night, you were definitely in traffic for yeah. a very long time. Right. And if you came in at peak time on the way in, you were in traffic uh, a lot on the way in. So the weird thing was is like he got through and they were like, yeah, you can keep that. And he's like, well, I just, <laughs> yeah. I just housed like yeah. this whole thing. <laughs> he was super, super nice about it though. But that one was weird because it was like, it was the first run for that setup. Yeah. So they had a lot to work out. But you can always see it when you get to festivals, like knowing if it's a first one, you know? A hundred percent, dude. Else, like having like been you. to a few, you know, a few times, whether it's Hangout or ACL, what, whatever you think about those, like they are like extremely professionally run. And the Montana one was great, but it was great because it was in Montana. Like that behind. It was good that it was smaller. At. If it had been the size of one of those other ones, they right? Would have been that's fucked, true too. But yeah. it wasn't that many people. It wasn't that big that. a deal. Yeah, Ben was nice. is notoriously late, so we have been in some of those traffic lines, like trying to fucking get into our set, like full <laughs> full Spinal Tap moments, where yeah. like our lobby call is seven, and like at nine fifteen, he's just kind of like strolling down, which is amazing to like. My anxiety is through the fucking roof. But I'm realizing that there's no show with him as fucking drummer. So like, but it still doesn't matter. Like my brain doesn't work like that. It's like get there, get there early, be prepared. It's just part of like my preparation. But he could go from like the last bite of room sand room service club sandwich to like stage within 15 minutes kind of thing. And so there'd be some times where like there's a very specific way to get into the festival, one road in, one road out type of deal. And there's a window where, like, there's dozens and dozens of people working logistically to make this happen so the bands can get in and out smoothly. And he would just blow it all up because he had, like, a little, like, a his FaceTime went too long, <laughs> you know? So or like, LD was just nagging. Yeah, I mean, that's probably, <laughs> I'm sure that's what's happening. And uh, so we would just be, like, you know, like some driver some like in intern sort of or production assistant like laying on a horn trying to get the stage and stuff and just like a crowd of you know people partying and it was embarrassing but now it's like i guess that's cool so was was the end of the you said 2012 was the end of the ben harper run just like him deciding i'm not really doing the solo thing anymore i'm not touring i'm not at this point in my life um because i definitely have questions about uh, that four-year period with regard to um, late-night shows. Right. Award shows. Right. Um, so you can fill in those gaps if you want, but I just, I feel like even knowing you as well as I do, I don't really know the end of the Ben Harper story. So it was, I, I quit. I didn't, I, he wasn't, he didn't disband the band. I, <clears throat> when we when we joined when he formed this band to be this like new thing he was doing it was like extremely extremely collaborative and uh just like you know very very much a band but and reasonably so as as the years go by and that's not as big as the product he was putting out before and that's not like his brand that he's known for 
a little bit of it had to revert back to just shows booked as Ben Harper rather than this other band that we were. Um, Relentless Seven is what that was called. And so that was all understandable and cool. And we started playing more of like the the more rehabby kind of stuff and the backdated like burn one down and like the, the kind of like That's the stuff up. that like people are like yelling from the crowd, like guys in huge cargo shorts and just sort like, of an OAR. Yeah. yeah. I, I, know that. Guys, I didn't sign up for that. I mean, I would have, but I did, you know, so it wasn't really that as much as, so we, we got a little bit forward into, into doing some stuff and making some records and uh, he was going through a divorce and like some other personal things. And so we'd be like, okay, tomorrow we're going to meet at the studio at noon. So I'd get there along with the band at noon. And he'd, kind of, he'd you know, wouldn't be uncommon between 6 and 9 p.m. is when he would get there. Mm. And we couldn't do much because he's like kind of spearheading it. We could come up with ideas. But like, and I wasn't on like a retainer. So I wasn't making money. I was assuming I'd get paid at some point. And, and I had been doing it long enough that I had met enough people that the idea of sparking my own career had started, you know, about a year prior. So wanting to produce, wanting to make my own music, et cetera. And then I, like, I was feeling pretty unhappy and felt like that that stuff couldn't happen because I was just kind of in a limbo while this guy was sort of figuring his life out, which is cool, but... How so much I, is the Epic Ruins experience, like, kind of, like, I, in my mind, it's, uh, it's driving a lot of it. Yeah, that was like an extreme part. I was on the phone with Sam and Steve like most nights being like, I'm going to fucking drive off a bridge. <laughs> it's it sound, it's like poor me type of thing, but it was just like, it was difficult because we weren't really, wasn't really making any money and I was just kind of having to be at the behest of like this other dude, which is cool and understandable and I'd happily be a hired gun if that's something I had chosen to do, but that's not kind of what I was doing. And so I kind of just, I dropped it on them. I like no showed two days to the studio. Cause I wasn't, we we're making Natalie Maines record at the time. So it was like, uh, the band and Natalie Maines would arrive at the studio like at noon and he wouldn't be there till nine. So we're like watching Rachel Ray and just sitting there all fucking day <laughs> and like not really doing anything. And so I had like had it. I had it like drove me to go into ther- go to therapy and all this stuff. I was like losing my mind about it. So I just kind of like sprung it on him. <laughs> I was like, hey, I'm unhappy. I'm going to leave the band. And then you did. Yeah. And then I did. <laughs> so that's how it ended. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I chose that thing. I'm no longer with the German girl from Brazil <laughs> back in Tarrant County. And yeah, oh, it's great uh, on purpose. A lot of girls live in Watauga, observer. too. Yeah. What's that? A lot of girls live in Watauga, too. There are a lot of girls in Watauga. Yeah. We should at least mention this. I should get the Integra back if I, I want to go in. Because I know we have a lot more to talk about. No one has ever captured the sound of the mid-cities. <laughs> Dude, the last Son of Stan record is the most, like, all right, yeah, this is definitely a guy who grew up. Yeah, like, thanks. <laughs> like, that was the, the entire, it's like... So- Song titles, guitar sound, content, cool. yeah, like all of thanks. it is just like, yeah, I don't know what it is about this, but I feel like I'm at tilt. That was yeah, great, <laughs> great. That was the mission. It's fucking great. <laughs> that was the mission when I started Son of Stan was to like, call, I called it divorce pop and like I wasn't divorced. I wasn't in a marriage, but like it just, I the sound of like 
being trapped in your mom's car and she's driving you to like show off fashion in Wedgwood <laughs> on a Saturday and it's raining, like Phil Collins is on the radio. It's like just that what it feels like to like have Probably to go smell to, some hairspray. Yeah. Yeah. What it's like to like the sound of going to service merchandise when you're nine. <laughs> That's like what I was going for. Hey, uh, I have a very niche question that I uh, have been wanting to ask you for a while. It's so um, hard. <laughs> on uh, God, uh, on uh, Noxima, is do you d- record like a car door open sound? Is that... There is. Is it from the video that no. you're hearing it? There is a car in the video, and that like we use like that car sound in the vi- just the in video? the video. But okay. there, there is. It's like, or it's like the uh, it's. There's, it's just the, like a, it's the same tone. It's like a, yeah. There's definitely some stuff we've made that like, like I've used the tried to emulate the sound of like your door. I see what you're saying. The door is open, like yeah. the ding ding. Yeah, yeah I've tried yeah. to do shit like that. Okay. I think you meant like that, a car door closing. No, no, no. No, yeah, I've yeah, done yeah. that and like, yeah, like the, the sound car of like at you. the sound of cars driving away and like stuff like that. There's a song. The first song I put out as Son of Stan was called Corsica, and it's like. Like a shitty Chevy Corsica is like it's it's whatever. It's boring to talk about what songs are about. But a guy who finds out he's gay because his Corsica breaks down, and the guy who <laughs> the guy who stops to help him takes off his shirt and helps him fix his car, and I'm like alluding to that. But I wrote it on the island of Corsica. God damn, dude! <laughs> and I was That's like, this, is too, this shit is too like fucking. It's too much. It's like the best time of my life, and it's yeah. incredible. I don't think, but I could like, I was that. like, the way I could like compartmentalize it, being like from Crowley, is like, okay, if I'm gonna write a song about this experience, it's not about like the sea and the the sights and the the seafood or whatever. It's like, oh, Corsica's a car that like <laughs> Corey, this guy Corey had. <laughs> That's amazing. Do you remember ultra hot stickers? No. It like said, it's like this like drizzly spray paint sticker. Uh, it's like a no fear thing, but from like probably the early nineties. But don't remember that one. I do remember you telling us the Chelsea Clinton story. Was it Chelsea Clinton? Is that a oh, that was a fun turn from? Do you remember the sticker? Do you remember it has to do with no fear? To, I just have a mental yeah. Rolodex of things that I wanted to make sure I got from you today. It's, uh, it's no, sadly, it was a vice president daughter, not okay. a president daughter. Okay, yeah, um, uh, but it wasn't Megan yeah. McCain. I guess he was never vice president, but I'm just in love with her. Um, it was uh, Sarah. Was it, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't Sarah Palin's daughter. No. I'm not one of I'm not one of the father of her. <laughs> she has a lot of kids, probably. Um, this whole, the whole yeah, I'll say that, I guess um, we we're playing Hard Rock Calling, which is a festival in Hyde Park in London, and, it, and that was like that experience in and of itself was crazy because Neil Young headlined and brought out Paul McCartney for the encore, and we're watching that. And it's fucking unreal, and our sound guy. This fella named Aaron Princess Man- Diana could have watched it from her balcony if she hadn't All right, died. Yeah, in that he's car on like accident. a major Princess Diana kick right now. She's the people's princess. I was at a bowling alley when I found out she died. They, oh shit! They came over the loudspeaker. Which one? The loudspeaker. Don Carter Lanes off of Hewland. I know where that's at. My dad the- used to take me there. Actually, my dad used to live like uh, right off of Hewland. Uh, I guess it was Hewland and like Westridge or yeah. I mean, it's right there. Yeah. like all that like. Crowley School District. Yeah. Like the, and uh, he took me there one time and was like, 
you know, you could go here. And I like knew the whole time he was saying, and I was like, you don't want me to go here. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, let's be honest, bro. Like Kud's doing a lot of work. Yeah, I, I think we both know, yeah. you know, this it's, is a performative act. <laughs> you don't want me over here. That would mean, you know, I live here. <laughs> With we, you, specifically. Yeah, yeah no, it's not an, uh, yeah, I don't get an apartment when I'm 14. Yeah, but anyways. It was a Friday night in 1997, and we're bowling at Don Carter. I'll get to the Al Gore story. This is better. Um, and they come on the loudspeaker. They're like, your attention, please. This lady, salty lady at the snack bar <laughs> or the shoe lady or whatever. Yeah. Princess Diana has died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, There's like no doubt in the background. <laughs> <or something. laughs> Don't speak. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they were going so fast that the uh, the car they hit a little bit of a bump. I just don't care, bro. So they lost uh, steering and then gained too much steering. So during the losing steering, the driver turns the wheel a bit, doesn't sense anything, so turns it really hard. Then has too much steering, straight into the 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 barrier, the mm. the pole. 60, I'm the only one who's been in a launch accident. Though. Sixty miles an hour directly into concrete. You haven't. Although. You've only driven forward off of a loading dock. Inquest <laughs> says uh, likely would have survived if she'd been wearing a seatbelt. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Something to think about. Yeah. Dodi Al-Fayed, same, same deal if he had been wearing a seatbelt. When he probably you guys ever been, you've been at, in times in your life been driven? Like even Ubers, do you guys buckle up in the back seat always? Fucking never. Yeah, Dude, I, think I do. When you're I, being, I think I do now. I get but, so nervous every single time. Yeah. No matter the rating, no matter, uh, no matter the the vibe I get when I get in there. I'm in the yeah, back it doesn't seat matter. So really. uncomfortable yeah. with it. It's not a good idea. I'm not endorsing this. I don't even really want to say, I shouldn't say it publicly, but if I'm in the backseat of a car, I'm not wearing a seatbelt. Yeah, I'm sorry. To be a bigger person, it's like, uh, this is fucking bit of a hassle. Yeah, it's, it's not a, a defensible hassle. decision. I don't want to no, like, no, no, uh, okay. yeah, we should <laughs> get into an argument with someone because they're right. I should, mm-hmm. but you know, um, but yeah, where, where were we before Princess Diana? I think we were talking oh, about the like, vice president's Uma, daughter. Uma, Uma. Abid or uh, whatever <laughs> George Clooney's wife, like some diplomat's daughter. We were playing hard rock calling, and one of our sound guys, who was viewed by a lot of people in the band and crew as to be kind of a nerdy, no fun, not no fun, but just kind of a nerdy guy who talked a lot and, and bothered people, which he, he didn't do that to me. He was very interesting because I got to know him. And he was like, hey, there's this opportunity. A friend of mine is doing a thing after the trip, uh, after we play Hard Rock Calling. If you want to stick I can't tell you right now what it is, but if you want to stick around London for a few days afterwards, it's probably going to take an extra week. And that was like, we didn't have anything to do. So I was like, sure. I, yeah, we well, can love Whatever. It. CIA? So, I love it. Yeah, it was, yeah, it's going to get pulled in become an operative, but it was not far from that because like the night before, um, the night before we played the festival, Aaron, like we were smoking weed in his room with the crew. And he was like, Hey, on the low, we're going, I was invited to Elon Musk's birthday party. And so he had been a sound guy for slightly stupid years earlier. Hell yeah. And And they're just a big Elon Musk. He's he's a fan. 
Elon Musk was having a joint birthday party with a guy named Bill Lee, I believe. Man, I wish I knew his name exactly, but he, as a teenager, like invented, it was part of inventing spam for on computers, okay. and it made a ton of money writing anti-spam software, like okay. at MIT or something, like at 16 years old, something like that, and made his fortune that way. And this guy had hired slightly stupid years earlier for his birthday party in the Bahamas. Hell so yeah. Aaron, Aaron's a real nerdy, techie kind of computer savvy guy, got to know form a friendship with this guy close enough that he extended the invitation to him and a guest to go to Elon Musk and his birthday party at Leeds Castle in England. And it was the weekend after we, the following weekend after we played this festival. So I, I was like, yeah, then I'm definitely staying. He's like, okay, we have to get costumes. <laughs> so we went to like, like an old part, like fucking Hyde Park or some like old Sherlock Holmes era costume shop in London and got these ornate, like, you know, like road highwaymen, you know, like medieval type of costumes. And then proceeded the next day to go catch a boat by Big Ben on the Thames River and get in this boat and sail down the Thames River with, you know, like 20 guests and Elon Musk and his guests for his birthday party. And on that boat were like people who worked for CERN and Elon Musk type of people, like real, like fucking like, I don't know, like think tank sort of weekend where it's like a birthday party, <laughs> but like they're inventing Airbnb on yeah. the side or some yeah. like a, a combinator kind yeah. of like atmosphere. <laughs> and, but there was jousting once we got to the, once we got to, <laughs> To get to the castle, they welcome us. You know, it's like going to like re, like billionaire medieval times, where it's like you're a part of the show, you're a part of the tournament. Yeah. And one of the, <laughs> I can't take combinator. Yeah. <laughs> this Bill guy oh, is married to one of shit. Al Gore's daughters, so she had invited her sister along, uh, Kristen Gore, who wrote for The Simpsons. And the lampoon, oh, and shit, like, it was like she's a writer, and we hit it off, and so we formed. A, we formed. A, we had a relationship for a brief period of time, That's and beautiful. I couldn't shake the feeling the entire time. My dad is cool as fuck, and uh, but I couldn't shake the whole time that all I had really ever heard throughout the most of the '90s was what kind of like asshole Al Gore was. Oh from, yeah, you know, and just like. And I, and so the fantasy in my head was to marry this girl, so Al and my and Stan could just be have to have to be friends. And I said this to my dad. He was like, "I wouldn't be friends with Al Gore. Like he's my fucking father-in-law, no matter what. Thanksgiving, be, Christmas, be, no. doesn't matter. Love her, hate him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all things considered, I'm I'm fairly confident Stan would have handled the strategic decisions around Florida in 2000 much better. Yeah, it would have been a lot fine. of mistakes by Al directly, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I think Stan could have knocked out of the park. It would have been fine. He'd have to hear about global warming all the time. My dad would. Poor oh, guy. Son of a bitch. <laughs> so have you ever been to Disneyland with Haley Baldwin? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but she was 14. Uh, but I was more of like a more chaperone. And Ireland. And Ireland. So yeah. Her cousin. Uh, I just was friends with uh, one of their other, with Daniel's daughter. Okay. <laughs> the, the run of the litter's daughter. <laughs> Is he the one who does like left behind light? No, that's, that's Haley's dad. Um, who, that's the one in Usual Suspects. 
Yeah. Stephen Baldwin? Stephen Baldwin He's a is, Christian, hardcore Christian guy. He might be in the Sorbo movie. Okay. Yeah, that's Maybe right. Maybe he's not, but he's that's in right. Sorbo-esque. Like, I think Billy Baldwin is actually an unusual suspect. She's Daniel's daughter. So go. you got like Alec, and then you've got Christian, and then you've got Celebrity Rehab Baldwin. <laughs> you've got a buffer. And that's Daniel. That's And that I was pretty tight with her, and we would just... We were asked to go take them and you know to Disneyland and chaperone them. Essentially, Who's we like you say that like it's just a matter of a fact. A matter. I, get, of I was friends with with their with Haley Baldwin and Ireland Baldwin's other cousin, and they were like, "Let's go to Disneyland." And she invited me and my roommate Danny, and we got a bunch of mushrooms. <laughs> And it wasn't because we were go. We had to chaperone Baldwin children. It was just like fuck. We haven't been to Disneyland in a couple years. That's that's so we were sort of their chaperone. We didn't have to be their chaperone because they're Baldwin. So there's like a Disney staff member with them, and we're just like you know in the back of the in the back of the line. I've I've been to Disney World throwed, and it's uh, exceptional. Been to oh you oh you have been throwed at Disney World. Yeah, I've only done land fucked up i went to world in high school yeah i went as a, as a young young person but yeah last year if megan really wanted to go and uh there, there was one particular that's what you did what last year when you told me you went to disney disneyland with your family you you took the no it wasn't portobello family no it wasn't it was mushrooms it was just uh edible edible okay. i said throwed okay yeah, yeah. i mean uh i, I don't know i, I probably I feel like have that's... any then man i don't know um, I mean, you you get enough edibles, it, it works. <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll but I'll I can keep my head up though. Yeah, I. Um, there was a the the last night we were there. I think I told this whenever I got back. Uh, just the, uh, the you know every night they've got the uh, the fireworks show. Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, we were we were just at a like a restaurant or whatever, and didn't realize like where the fireworks show was, and it was like directly out the window we were sitting in front of. <laughs> And I like uh, I knew it was our last night, so I was just like, "I'll eat the rest." <laughs> <laughs> what are we um, gonna do? I mean, and uh, I was way <laughs> fucked up for it. It was it was exceptional. They were uh, um, had like a neon light kites uh, being pulled by people on jet skis. <laughs> so you know that's my scene. your people. Yeah, uh, and then at the end, the the kites uh, shoot off fireworks out the back. Yikes! Uh, Incredible. I highly recommend. No Baldwin though. I was not with any of the Baldwins. Which one was in Squid and the Whale? I'm sorry to put Jeff you on Bridges. The, no, <laughs> one of the Baldwins. Was I don't know. The, I, don't I don't remember. I saw that long ago. Um, they were teenagers, so it was like you know. Now she's married to Justin Bieber, right? Is she that, is. And, yeah. and she's quite something, mm-hmm. from what I understand. But they were just like goofy, gangly kids. Yeah. Um, With those baby blue eyes, though, that they all have. (laughs) (laughs) No matter left behind or not. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Families had success for a reason. Um, Horrible Trump impression, though. Can we all agree? Yeah. It's just absolute butt. It's not funny, but it's also not, like, inaccurate. He does get a lot of things, but I'm not here to defend it. I don't. don't, (sighs) Why did I even speak up? You're right. He sucks. Because you're an SNL guy. Uh, but that part's You're not funny. That's, that's ruining the show. That that impression. Why did you guys put on the vintage SNL at the lake? Because Jake has been watching him and wanted to see. Okay, it. 
There, I thought it was a specific thing that was He happening. wanted to see a specific skit that he couldn't find. You can fill in for yourself why. Yeah. Well, I mean, part, I mean, obviously part of it was my my mental faculties, but part of it also is they make it they make it very tough. Yeah. You know, so part of when they first had Peacock, there mm-hmm. was reports that there was going to be a tier where you could pay and you would have access to the entire SNL uh, catalog by sketch or by year, by episode for a certain amount. And like, I would cancel everything yeah, else. Yeah, by sketch have that. is wild. That's, that's insane. So Wait, you could search for a sketch. So let's get there. You've yeah. done SNL. No, no. Okay, I think you said uh, you all said of them, but sketch. SNL. That's You've done what? There's Kimmel, still, Letterman. Yeah, Kimmel, Letterman, uh, Conan as as the Tonight Show Conan. Conan Holy is shit. Conan is late night Conan, and Conan is TBS Conan. That was all Ben Harper. Yeah, um, no, one of those was um, Anderson Pac. A band that was a Kimmel. Yeah, with Anderson Pac. We did the TBS Conan with regular Ben, and then this side project is Danny Harrison, uh, George Harrison's son, uh, Tom Morello, myself, and Ben. Wow. Jesus yeah. Christ. It's called Fistful of Mercy, which What's, is they uh, just are bad at naming bands. Joseph Arthur is in that band, if you guys know that guy. He's like a painter, like new old, like 90s New York kind of bohemian kind of songwriter. What's, what's Tom? Dumbass. Like? Awesome. Like bottle of vodka, just fucking like, just kind of like in the corner talking to himself about like behavioral economics and <laughs> drinking vodka. And like, it was great. It was great. You know, still like keeping the Fidel hat with the red star alive, like 10 years afterwards though. It was like, God, you, but. So that means we have to at least briefly touch Ringo. If you bring up the Harrisons. Yeah. How did that happen? He saw a performance of Ben, uh, of our particular band with Ben, Ben Harper and the Relentless Seven, and said, I would like to get them to back me up for some shows. And he typically has like an all-star band, which has like Todd Rundgren in it and um, Steve Lukather from Toto and like these like just like dudes of yesteryear. Have you met Steve? Yeah, I've met Steve. I know Trevor Lukather, his son, pretty well. And I've, pl- else. and I've played with him. You and Trev that, uh, makes kind of crappy music, but I just wanted Toto stories. Steve's on a million things, but you know what Steve is on most notably, Jake? I don't. He's the one playing the riff on Beat It. Really? Yeah. Toto wrote most See, of the music. See, I always thought that was an Eddie Vedder thing. Uh, Eddie Van Halen plays the solo. And like, I think Vedder. that Eddie Van Halen, I, yeah. and I thought Eddie Van Halen like, did the arrangement or something. That- he, when Lukather showed up, like Eddie had the riff. And uh, Quincy Jones was like, this is on uh, YouTube. I watched like a 15-minute yeah. YouTube interview with Lukather about uh, Beat It. Uh, that Yeah, Van Halen showed up. He, he had the riff. Like He showed it to Quincy. Like He had a tape of it or whatever. And he just got Lukather to do it. And then Lukather was like, uh, the, the, dun, 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 dun. that was, he was like, I want to add that. And Quincy was like, I don't know, it sucks. But Michael yeah. was like, I think it's great. Yeah. And so then it got to stay. The guy from Toto. Yeah, Steve yeah. Percaro from Toto wrote Human Nature. It was a B-side of a demo that they, like, they were listening to dailies while making Thriller. And Quincy got a tape of a demo that, that uh, Steve Percaro and Toto had, had done. And the tape did the auto-reverse. And Quincy didn't hit stop, so it switched to the B-side. And it was a song that, what? S- that Steve Percaro had written 
and just had demo it, but it was that the beginning of human nature. And they were like, well, we'll take that. And then like, and Toto's like a band on their own, but they were like the studio band. That's incredible. They're on the Michael McDonald album, the Boz Skaggs album. And I, like, I had just assumed like, from that that they like they were you know ace studio guys that just knew each other from being studio guys. But uh, I, I learned I think like the day I was watching the thing that uh, they like knew each other from high school. Like it just turned out that they all they're had like awesome they're like kids players. of other like wrecking crew people like are they, older. Oh, are they Australian? I thought they were like Australian. No, or they're like Los Angeles kids, the okay. Percaros and and Lucather's. Yeah, they're all they're like people who are from LA are a trip because it's typically entertainment industry and dude, and like I fucking hate. We've talked about this for years. Possible I, to connect with a lot of times. I hate looking up list of notable alumni. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it for every New York and every LA high school. I'm just oh, like, yeah, yeah okay, wild. like, yeah, I felt pretty good about this American success story. And then I'm right. like, oh, okay, got you're it. Like, oh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers went to high school with David Schwimmer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're like, yeah, all right. Kind of feels like we were locked out from the stuff. Yeah, yeah. there's Judd Fat Apatow. Fat Mike and, was in a band with, like, he went to Fairfax High with the Chili Peppers. NOFX, Fat Mike? Uh-huh. Really? Yeah. So like we just they, crushed. Uh, could have been an entire underpinning of my social. <laughs> yeah, I knew it. I knew it. Oh yeah, yeah. No. It's all fake. All right, back to Ringo. Uh, he saw Ben play and had us be his band. Basically, asked us to perform with him to back him up on a promotional tour for a new record that was coming out, and that included our first gig with him was to not only be his backing band but to be the house band. For David Lynch was doing a transcendental meditation benefit at Radio City Music Hall. So this was only like fucking six months after being with Ben that they're like, hey, we need you to be Ringo's band at Radio City Music Hall in a few weeks. And like head fucking explodes again. And we ended up being the house band that night for like several, like Donovan, who's like the 60s artist Donovan and Cheryl Crow and all these people. But uh, Hurdy Gurdy Man, right? Yeah, we yeah. got to play that. Hell yeah. Um, but Paul McCartney played that night too. It was the first time that like Paul and Ringo had been on stage since the seventies. And we were there for that. And God like damn. met him like, it's cool. Like in New York, like shit is union. So like at five o'clock, someone yells like five o'clock. And then like the lights go out and nobody can fucking do anything on stage for a couple hours. And, uh, that's Paul like came out to play piano by himself. And we were in the wings and, uh, Ben's manager at the time, was a guy who had like, um, Will Botwin was his name, but like launched, he was a big radio guy in New York forever. So like launched Jay-Z's career and Alicia Keys and like like really instrumental in that stuff. So he was like, hey, Paul, come meet, come meet a couple of the guys I'm working with. So he walked over and Ringo was there. So like Ringo and Paul hadn't talked like in a couple years. And I'm like there for that when like two of the Beatles are talking to each other. <laughs> And it was like, hey, like I had to, that's when I started journaling. Cause I was like, I'm not going to remember this shit. So like I can go back and be like, oh yeah. So I, I took Ringo's sticks from every performance we play with him. So I have like eight pairs of his drumsticks. That's awesome. And they're like fucked up at the top on the cymbal stick and on the snare stick. They're fucked up in the middle, right where like he's so, and it's like two inches on each one. He's like, he's perfect. He's a perfect drummer. What and is like a, him, 
what does he do? Like, you know, I got you. You play drums. There's there's two drummers. He like stage. just stands out front and sings for a lot of it. Uh-huh. And then whenever he is drumming, we're both drumming at the same time. Okay. So we would like double drum a bunch, which is cool. And you know, he t- he gets a lot of shit, but it's you know from people who don't really know really what's up because that guy like he sets down and just goes like and it's like you hear the Beatles in it. You know, you hear like the backbone of like popular music and like everything that came after it. So like you all res- all respect to him, you know, being being next to him playing with him. It was never like and we did the daily show with John Stewart, like in the I think in John Stewart's last season of the Daily Show. So that was fucking crazy going doing that. But yeah, all the late night shows, some of them with Ringo, some of Ben. What's enjoyable some about the uh, like or you know, compared playing a late night show to playing a uh, moon bar. <laughs> uh, so I mean, it's very high pressure, you know, cause it's like, it's on TV. You can like, you can stumble over your words if you're being interviewed and it, you know, could be charming or you could look dumb, but if you like fuck up while you're playing the song, it's like, you know, I, uh, one of the late night shows been did a restart. I think it was one of the, it was uh, Fallon. When Fallon had that like little like there was like a three walled stage and the yeah. roots would play in there and yeah. the bands just kind of set up right there like his first it season. was meant to seem like oh we're at kind of a festival yeah type people thing, would stand on the rafters yeah it just looked like something from gangs in New York like, yeah. <laughs> watching people pit fight and uh, uh, Ben like needed to restart a song one time so like pressure off I was like oh god that made it better. But the Roots were playing with us, and they're kind of frustrated. But Paul Schaefer would always play like keys whenever we do Letterman. We did it. I think he did it four times. That's awesome. And the greatest two two things about Letterman show is like he always would come over and t- tell people nice drum kit. That was like a bit. So I was hoping that would happen, and it did happen. Wonderful. And like after our performance, the audience is still clapping, and like. The show's ending. They're playing the last theme song, and Dave says good night and kind of walks. And I'm like putting my sticks down and getting off the stage and walk into the the fucking thing where the elevator is, and like the elevator's opening, and David Letterman is in sweatpants and a Letterman jacket leaving before like the show's over. <laughs> like the band is still playing the last song, and he's out of there. And that that was the coolest because like just knowing that it was like such like work to him was the coolest part about it. He's just like in and out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Leno like comes and says hello in the dressing room. Fuck him though. Yeah. He he always wears a fucking jerk and jeans. Like (laughs) he has that fucking one outfit and that's all he ever wears. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of respect that though. Yeah. That part of it's life uniform. Uh, man, my favorite Letterman music, um, I'm trying to remember the name. I think uh, the the song they played is Seasons Change. Future He's, Islands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen yeah, their Letterman incredible. performance? Just afterwards, because I mean, you've seen it. Like, you know, Letterman was as impressed as you were. Yeah, I was like Blown on the verge away. of tears. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it is. Uh, that and, guy is like. Yeah, he's a very emotive. He speaks for all men. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean that you know, like in a yeah. healthy, non-toxic way. He like. But uh, repre- you played that for me too, though. 
So okay. I, yeah, I've to seen me, he represents Dave come out and just be like, I don't just know what to end. do with this. He, uh, he's like, yeah, uh, the, the line is, uh, I'll take all of that that you got. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I think about that all like anytime I like something, if I really like it yeah. in my head, I'm going, I remember I'll take sending all that, that, that to like my, my folks, making sure they saw it. Too. Yeah. Just be like, you guys have to see this thing. Yeah. So what are what are the uh, you know of your festival experiences? Do you have any that uh, stand out especially? Like, do you like? I'm gonna pee my pants. Keep going. Okay. I'm gonna have to pee pants too. Hey, can you make sure that camera's still on? I'm just nervous about Me? it. It's, yeah. it's not plugged in. Just the phone's on. It's on. Okay, we're great. Um, so yeah, your uh, your your top festivals. Man, there's I haven't played Coachella, which is I thought we never we never did that like it. He had done it years like prior to me being there, and like the cycle didn't ever work out. Mm-hmm. And I still haven't even just gone, but I've always heard things about it being like because it's the one closest to Los Angeles, it yeah. being a little like it seems like the biggest one. Yeah, I've never been. It being but, not, you know. you know, but the fucking is it Grant Park? Is that where it is? The, the Lollapalooza. Lala. Yeah, yeah. That's it, man. That's yeah. like the fucking one. Yeah. And wow. Yeah. That's. That's the one we did that and it just looked out over the lake and it just was like the people were the coolest. As far as the big ones in America, that one in Bonnaroo was always really cool. In Bonnaroo, you feel like it's like basically like an exit, you know, and there's like a Waffle House and like a Hampton Inn and then you have to drive a little while to get to Bonnaroo. Yeah. So uh, every band is in like this fucking, you know, like signature Holiday Inn or whatever by yeah. the Waffle House. So it turns into like the Riot House or yeah. whatever, like the fucking Zeppelin Hotel, except it's 2006. So everybody's just like vaping weed and watching television, you know? At, uh, at Hangout, they've got, uh, or I mean, did, did you ever play We did Hangout. Hangout okay. There are like two hotels next to each other. I remember that being like the artist or where everyone stayed, it felt like. There's, uh, there's the, I mean, I don't remember there being two, but there's like one built the Phoenix All Suites Hotel is within the grounds. Uh-huh. Like, you know, oh, it's yeah, part yeah. of the thing. That's always been our big dream. Yeah. Figure out how to get in the <laughs> Phoenix All Suites. I think we were a little bit down the road from that because I remember there being like a in between us and the festival grounds or where we stayed. Maybe that was just that year or something was. Um, and I, I don't Florida know who they Bama, put in there. Like a club? Oh, yeah. I know. That's all on about. the state I mean, line that's or something. A, that's a big Pensacola. Like that my coworkers was, would always be like, I'm gonna head to Floor Bam on Friday. That was insane. We went there like the night we weren't playing. I yeah. think we played on a Saturday and we got there Friday. Jake's gotten drunk and at like, Floor Bam. Really, yeah. I went there with uh my drum tech again, who's like he's like looks like Lil Wayne. He's like five foot three, he's a bulldog with dreads to his feet. Yeah. And he's just like we went into Floor Bam and it was like, Hey Hell yeah. Come on. You know, and it was like it was incredible because it was like a um a uh uh, I can't, never mind. I can't remember. You know, it was like a fucking, I can't think of a country artist right now. It was like a vi- music video to like a Tim McGraw song or something. The uh, the day I got fired in Pensacola was the fr- the Monday after uh, the first time we went to hang out. And like I uh, I called him and was like, yeah, they, uh, they fired me. And I don't think that he like heard what I said or whatever. Um, but he, he was telling me like that the Uber driver would only like take him to Florabama or something. Like they'd gotten to Florabama but couldn't Just get farther. Only going there. 
And I was like, all right. Fine. You've been to I'll, Floribama, Jake? I'll come club? pick you up. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. That day. Yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm on my way. And he's like, are you sure? Don't you have something to do? I'm like, no. At the start of the phone call, I told you I'm fired. <laughs> yeah. That was a personal failure. I don't away, remember. Like, like there might have been like possible connectivity. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, you, you were at Floribama. <laughs> possible like five other people around me more than likely just faded and didn't really hear it but then yeah he got there and he's like yeah no i'm i'm fired and i was like <laughs> what the fuck it was it was a wild couple days um, and the firing coincided coincidentally with you guys being at hangout or you were there for a different reason no it literally lined up within three days i would say yeah like i did a show on friday uh where i talked about how excited i was to go to hangout then uh when the show got done i drove it's about an hour yeah. from pensacola um and then you know we're, we're at hangout and then the monday i like got back i got into work and they were like yeah hey we want to see you uh we don't need you anymore we'll see you later like they fired my uh, co-host. I, I was like, I saw him in there. I was pretty sure I knew what was going on with uh-huh. him, and I thought they were going to come in, pat on the back, and tell me that they had just. You thought fired you were getting him. a promotion? To- <laughs> no, 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 no. And it's I, actually I liked him being promoted to yeah. a, a vacant, <laughs> elevated <laughs> position above you. No, they they they'd been attempting to fire him for a while, and I'd been like, no, please don't. Like he's the only one of you that's not a total idiot. Um and he calls uh, the Cincinnati Reds games now. He does. He does. Uh, <laughs> Deep and, to left for Castellanos. <laughs> uh, no, he's not Tom Brenneman. Tom. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, but yeah. That, so yeah, I, I figured that that conversation was to fire him, and then was you know nervous about who they were going to put me with because I figured they were su- they were going to suck, and then they were like, yeah, no, we're going to fire you too. <laughs> But your friend was at Floribama. So, yeah, so but, but yeah, that, that gave me the time to go to Floribama. Okay, yeah. so I want to make sure Put on we, Shania Twain and let's go. I have at least one more thing, and probably if we were more organized, we would have like backloaded the here's Al Gore's daughter thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, for completely unrelated reasons, I've talked to you several times about like uh, making theme songs. Yeah. Let's just say uh, potentially I've talked to you about this for – so I've always thought it was super weird. And, of course, we work at a – you know, I guess now I do – a commercial radio station. You hear this on commercial television as well. Like whenever you hear a song on a like ad for rheumatoid arthritis and you're like, that kind of sounds like – Mumford and Sons. Yeah. <laughs> Sound alikes. That feels somewhere between 70 and 80% of a Mumford, uh, yeah. Mumford and Sons uh, song. And I talked to you about, like, I was like, how much, how comfortable are you just like completely recreating something? And you were like, yeah, I've done this yeah. like a lot. So I'm so fascinated by the idea of a company being like, yeah, we need to get right to the line of this sounding like Diplo. That's it. But we cannot pay for Diplo. I one was like a fucking. It might have been a medicine commercial, or uh, um, or uh, it might. I think it was Amex, and like you know, they give you three hundred bucks, and that's if you're lucky to like like a demo fee, basically, and like to do Lust for Life. Like, how close can you get? <laughs> and I guess that cruise ship company or whatever, you, you know. But how close can you get? And it's a drum beat, so you can do that. You can go boom, 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 or whatever, like all day long. Yeah. You just have to like, 
you know, instead of going down a step, go up a step or something. Yeah. And it's like just, just I, I have a friend who does the it. The ticket and has just CDs like, upon CDs of, yeah. yeah it's and the song, but two notes are different. There's a, I my least favorite band of current lore is The National. I don't like that band. I, I love know, that I you know hate The National. Yeah, I know. It's just like the sleepiest, like. Just guy with a book in a bar. I mean, music, I, like I guys hate, who take books to bars. I hate it, but I know that I don't know anything, so I don't I, ever the, like outwardly say it for like, the same I reason. I'm, I'm not like, like I listen to it. I'm like Jesus Christ. It's not. Man. I'm not inside of it. It's just like I listen to it. I'm like, this is. It's fine. Yeah, it's. Fine. I think it's fine. Yeah, it's cool. It's, it's like, not like <laughs> if the Banana Republic scarf was a band. It's just like. <laughs> It's just like gray. You know, I, I don't like it as much as I like Mad Blazers. <laughs> Probably no one will tell you it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, they, so the national lead singer has a, has a side project that's a little poppier. And I can't remember what it, what that band is called, but they had a minor, like whatever song they serviced to Sirius XMU that they probably played for six months. They could, this, the, the production company of the Reese Witherspoon vehicle coming home that came out a couple years ago, they didn't have the money for that, for the guy's side project. That's not much money at all. So I had to do like the sound alike for the national. And that was great because I could like do the guy's voice. (laughs) And it's only played at a bar in the background. So I literally said like, and I kind of mumbled it, but um, the guy I was recording with, he had like a, uh, they have a Bur- Burmese mountain dog or whatever named Ruby. And I was like, Ruby, your shit smells. <laughs> and like, it's basically what we left in there. Like I changed it just enough to be mumbly, but when I doubled the vocal, I still said it. I ended it. So yeah, I make songs that sound like the national. <laughs> <laughs> What a beautiful homage. Yeah, and then like you paid half rent. I mean, I don't mean to like cheapen the work at all. You know what I think of you, but I just think it's so interesting the like legal skirt. Yeah, I want to cheap. Like when I'm asked to do something that's like a low rent version of like, I like to be anti-precious about everything. So it's like, man, I would would love to do that. Yes. (laughs) Yes, I will. Yeah. (laughs) Give me that experience. So what? Yeah, I I have the impression that uh, some part of your time in L.A. was spent uh, wooing music directors. Is that accurate? Like for, for to you like mean so music that you would directors? end up in Reese Witherspoon? Oh yeah, yeah. Like those are good gigs. They're great gigs, and a lot of them are like uh, like KCRW DJs, like like you know like tastemaker sort of public radio. Um, which I think they're all wonderful. Those stations are like about the only thing doing it. I don't. The one in Dallas isn't my favorite version of those stations, but it's okay. You have an odd rivalry with them. Yeah, I do. Well, they really try to like turn me on to great new music and just play Pride and Joy by Stevie Ray Vaughan <laughs> or something. But, but, you know, KEXP and KCRW, like a lot of those DJs like will turn in. They're, they're people who get, like are searching for new and good music. So they like spin that into becoming music supervisors. And like you just meet some of them, like the guy I produced the Son of Stan records with. His wife is a big, a big like 
a really big music supervisor for the Cohen brothers and PT Anderson. And so she's always like really been helpful because she'll just literally come to his studio in a little pool house and knock on the door with like holding the baby and be like, we need something that sounds like the national, you know? Yeah. And like, so we'll stop working on my music and be like, you know, like, we might get $200, so let's do this other thing. <laughs> yeah. So we'll spend like 24 hours doing that. That's great. And then like maybe get it. And how'd, you, uh, how'd you meet them? That's the band that fell apart before I joined Ben Harper. That guy produced, he moved to LA the same month we did, and we were playing a show at the now defunct club called Spaceland, which is a great place in Silver Lake. And he came and saw a show and liked the band and introduced himself. And we formed a, he was fresh off the heels of, do you guys remember Clap Your Hands, Say Yeah? I do. Oh, yeah. yeah, that first record. He made that yeah. one, like the one. And like, that was like a, his kind of, he had done, he's done a lot of big like indie stuff, but that was, he was right off of that. We we're like, we got to work with this guy. Cause oh, of course he made that record or whatever. <laughs> but it's like we, that I formed a friendship with him. More more so than the other guys, so we stay in touch and still do stuff like that. Do you uh, do you watch? You're the worst. No. Okay. No. Uh, I keep saying no to like it's okay. Great conversation starters. <laughs> no, it's just uh, a lot of it's like very intentionally filmed in the uh, the area you're talking about that I, that I think you lived in. I think it, so. You know, I if if you did, I think you would enjoy a lot of the locations. Uh, yeah, and stuff. I like I. Like seeing places that I used to would frequent yeah. on TV. And uh, our house was used in the Shield. I told you asked me about. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Echo Please yeah. go through that. Oh, the definitely. house I li- was sharing a bedroom with, they uh, like a a scouting person or a location scout knocked on the door. It's like we're interested in using your house for the Shield, and we were like totally. They're like, we give you a thousand dollars, and we're like, hell yeah, that's our rent. I'll that's pay okay. So anybody who has not seen the Shield that wants to watch it. Turn this off right now. But Echo Park is the park where Aceveda and Terry meet up for the first time whenever Aceveda tells Terry, you got to take him down. And Terry tells Aceveda, I think he's going to kill me. And 15 minutes later, Vic kills Terry. It's an incredible like, moment in television And for like history. the next like three or four seasons, they use Echo Park as like, this is the meeting spot. There's a ton of murders there. I suppose that somewhat mirrors uh, real life. Mm-hmm. But that scene with Aceveda and Terry is like, to me, the precursor to one of the greatest, you know, opening scenes for a series ever. Yeah. And it's, in my mind, I just thought like, I just want to go to Echo Park. And then I Google it and I was like, oh, I don't. <laughs> it's nah, also it's fucking great. It's dude. also where they filmed the it latest. It looks tight, but yeah. It's also where it's, they filmed a Novantix commercial that I saw yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> backed backed by a fake national. Yeah, see, that's that's where I'm like, oh yeah, tune it in. It's in Chinatown. It's like yeah, it's just there's paddle boats. It's like a really fa- sort of famous part of. You can see downtown Los Angeles, and it's a very popular neighborhood now and expensive. We moved there like 2003, right when the shit was kind of starting. It was like bands then. And uh, that was the you know the beginning of gentrification or whatever when it is still like bands and artists. But then like by the time we moved out of that house like three years later it was USC students you know yeah, so it was yeah. like became that. But um, they they knocked on our door like we'll give you a thousand dollars and we we're like yes sure and then they called back and we're like oh, we we have to you don't own the house we see that so our landlord <laughs> agreed to it 
And like, we didn't know at the time, but they fucking trash your house. They don't yeah. care. There's I've like a crew of that. 40 people there at 6 a.m. And they, and they're like running cables and like, it happened. It happened. Removing you know, doors. Yeah. Like all that. They don't put it back together. No, they don't really put it back together. My friend, <laughs> like, they uh, like a TV crew broke their television, and like what my fuck? my friend became in like in this battle of like chasing the money to get another TV for like half a year. <laughs> okay. Hey, mark our time here. Okay. Because we probably are gonna have to delete this. Okay. Michael Sarah's story? Oh, no, I don't think you don't have to delete it. Don't listen to it's him. Bad. Tell the story. I don't think so. I'm trying to look out for my friend. No, I really appreciate it, but I, I don't think look so. Look out for the really. podcast. Tell the Michael story, Sarah's story. <laughs> um, we're having a house. We had epic Halloween parties in this house that I lived in after I joined Ben. It was a really fucking cool house because my. Do you already know this? No. Okay. My best friend was developing a show for Adult Swim. Was he uh, offering a woman a juice box while she licked his (laughs) asshole? It's not. It's not that story. Okay. No, no, no. Nothing bad happens, really. (laughs) I don't think, unless there's a detail I'm forgetting. But we're having a Halloween party, and uh, just one of those parties where you invite 15 people, and then there's like 200 people there. And we have fog machines in every room, and like. It was in my, I think I can be a DJ era. Hell yeah. So we're I like, think you can. Yeah. I, I, I'd like it. Sad to hear you talk about that. I can. Career. I'm good at it. Yeah. I'm good at it. I play records and everything. And we're there and there's deal. just like all sorts of people that I had recognized and like, because I'm still, the entire time I lived in Los Angeles, I'm just like, entrenched with some people and famous people and this and that, but it still blew my mind because I didn't go out there to be like, you know, I can can hang at a party, but I didn't go out there being like, yeah, I'm cool and I'm supposed to be here with famous people or whatever. So it always was like, fuck, that's awesome. And I went to the bathroom or I was, or no, my sister was at the party and she came out of my bathroom in my bedroom and she was like, you might want to go check. There's someone in your closet. So I went in, to my bedroom and kind of turned to go into the bathroom and there's a guy just like throwing shit out of my closet, rummaging through my fucking things. And I'm like, excuse me? Or can I help you, I think is what I said. And, and this guy like pops up and like in like George Michael character, like he's just himself, right? So he just pops up and he's like, oh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I'm like, oh, can I help you? And it's because it dawned on me, I was like Michael fucking Sarah. And he was like, I, I, I don't, um, uh, it's a Halloween, it's a Halloween party, but I didn't bring a costume. And I just thought that maybe I could find a costume in someone's closet. And so I was just like, okay, man, let's get you dressed up. Yeah. Like a Pendleton coat that was plaid. And like, I think we made him a pimp. <laughs> then he had a fedora or something that I put on him. It was 2005, you know, those are still in the closet. And and his but it was Derek Waters is who he was with who made started drunk history and made drunk history and as before all of that and so like I was hoping to become friends with Michael Sarah because of that but I Absolutely. did become friends with Derek Derek because of that because he was in need of a costume too and they were just they were like we can go man and they were just like the young guys who kind of didn't feel like they should be at this party and I was like you're fucking insane you were like. You know, here come be the king of the party or whatever, but I don't think that's their style. They're just like there. 
But yeah, he was just going through all my shit. And I was just going <laughs> to like awesome. just push the person or like be real, like grab them and get them out yeah. of my house because I thought they were like stealing Air Jordans or something enough. I bought back yeah. then. And <laughs> and they they uh, he was just looking for a costume. That's uh, uh, you can include it. Unless okay, good. I, I just I, I feel like and then I fucked Al Gore's daughter. All ten, <laughs> <laughs> all ten times I've heard that. I just I cannot stop laughing at it. Yeah, it's great because it just it it so much reminds me of him from This Is the End. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Like it completely is. <laughs> I mean, that's like all those dudes like. Been around Jonah Hill a few times, and like they're they, they don't they make millions of dollars. I guess oh, you that's being too? a comedian. Have that just like have been a, yes a little. <laughs> a uh, little. He did the the Moneyball press tour. I said two, not as in like in addition to Michael Sarah, but in addition to me. He and I are also friends. Oh, okay. Uh, not Great not time. friends. Uh, Great he, time. Uh, he he for the Moneyball press tour. He did like they they invited sports radio to the Moneyball press tour. Oh, that's cool. And so, only TC went. Yeah. We were, we were at that. That is yeah. literally true. Was Brad Pitt there? <laughs> no, it was just Jonah. <laughs> um, uh, but that was, that was the was same l- week that I drove Gibby Haynes from the airport to Mr. Uh, Mr. Yeah, Mr. Pepperman's house. Oh, yeah. I've, I've heard that story a little bit. So it was a great week. Probably the best week of my life. My sister peed her pants in front of Mr. Peppermint. Wow. She wanted to meet... She wanted to meet Muffin, the, the puppet, yeah. when she was little and had to pee really bad and just pulled a Magnolia moment and pissed her pants and didn't tell anyone <laughs> sort of thing. And, right, hey, don't even worry and, about and it. And it happened right in front of Mr. Peppermint. Oh, like, yeah. All right. Um, how do we uh, promote? Mm, well, I, I don't even feel like you care. Nothing is going on right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you've made a lot of great shit that uh, yeah. the, the listeners may or may not working be familiar on, with. I have a band called Son of Stan, and I'm working on a new record, and it's coming, and it's cool. It's like it's like jazz fusion pop or something. It's like a di- it's like a different. <laughs> what it's, a dick. Yeah, I know, right? I'd be, I would be, I would have turned this thing off by now. Some guys just name dropping <laughs> things from 15 years ago on a podcast. I would have long been gone, but. Uh, yeah, I have a band called Son of Stan. I play in Quaker City Nighthawks with Sam now. I'm the drummer. So we're all looking for things to do. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not immediately since it's they're locking everything back down. But again. you can go listen to the last EP, though. Yeah, I'm bad at promoting. I know that you can because I Spot often do. Anywhere you can listen to music, there's Son of Stan is on there. And uh, it's a good time. And we're making another one. And... Uh, that's all you have. That's, 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 I mean, yeah. I've had it promoting. I know that's, this is the book tour and all, but. Well, that's literally why the three of us are here. Yeah, right I now. know. <laughs> no, listen to Son of Stan. Anywhere can you promote can, better anywhere you can find room. music. I produce music too. So if you're interested in making a record, find me. Yeah. On the Instagram and the, and uh, parlor. <laughs> well, hey, thank you so with, much, hold man. On. What the fuck is up with Rudy? I thought we were going to get to talk politics. Yeah, what's up with Rudy's with Patreon? leak? <laughs> what, with what? With Rudy's uh, leak. Oh, uh, yeah. That's wild. I can't look at it, dude. I'm uncomfortable looking at it. I, I don't like stop. it. I don't like it at all. Something about yeah. that image really bothers me. It's unsettling. Mm. Because I think I'm going to go no die ever. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I think it looks tight whenever you start yeah, to get a little. Yeah, 
I got it right here now. I love it. Looks like, good. Yeah, Pubes? I'm into it. Yeah, no, those are all still regular. I think they're 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 wily, but they're not gray. That I could see possibly if you were gonna do it, toning it up. You get you would dye your pubes. If anything, no. If I were to rank sideburn, back, top, front, I would rate rank pubes as first mo uh, first most likely to be colored. I would do you really want to talk politics? No, I want to talk dying with pubes. That's, I wouldn't pick that one either. All right, we'll talk to you next week. That's it for tonight. The high school special is next, so until tomorrow. For everyone who's been a part of this one, I'm TC and Jake. We do thank you for watching. Good night.